0: Genuinely can't tell if that's good. Well, well, well. How are ya? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Tuesday the 12th of December, 2023. Fucking... Oh, mate. I did it. I've completed my journey. The journey of a thousand... What is it? The journey of a thousand miles starts with something it starts with a step is that what it is the journey of a thousand miles starts with a step what have i got on my laptop here oh that's a little pen you know what <laughs> like, i wish i could st- <laughs> oh i wish i could start this again <laughs> jesus fucking christ <laughs> oh i'm in a bit of a silly mood how you guys doing? I hope you're okay. <laughs> that's just absolutely got me. This, I thought there were like some dead pixels on my laptop screen. But on upon closer inspection, that's the symbol of a pencil in the Audacity application. It's quite a thin symbol and it looks like some dead pixels. Anyway, I did it is what I was going to say. I completed my journey. I, uh, it is currently 10 55 PM Tuesday evening. I'm in Adelaide. This is going to be out like bang on the buzzer of midnight, isn't it? Um, in the last few days, I so I left Melbourne on Friday, flew to Perth, did the weekend of gigs at the comedy lounge in Perth. Five gigs in two days for two on Friday, three on Saturday. The first one of the five, I fucking sucked ass. I was opening all the shows, but uh, Friday second show was great, and then the, the other ones were all great. I had great shows. um All the shows were great. Uh, a few of the other acts had some interesting, <laughs> like heckler interactions and stuff. You know, whatever. But um that was fun. Had a lovely time in Perth then. I just cooked myself. I'm, I'm sure I would have spoken about this last week, but I didn't plan the trip to Perth effectively. I didn't engage in effective planning. What I did, I don't even know how I did this, but I just, I because I, Perth, they pay your flights and accommodation. And so I said to the dude booking that, all right, I'll, I'll like get my own flights and you pay me back. And so I flew myself and I guess I wasn't sure if they were going to be paying my flights in a comp. So I flew myself from Melbourne to Perth and then back to Adelaide. And then I was going to get my mate who runs the gig in Cairns. He wouldn't fly me from Perth to Cairns, but he said, I'll fly from Adelaide to Cairns and then back to Melbourne. And I said, sick. And then I realized that the following week, i.e. now was the only time that I was going to be able to go back to Adelaide for Christmas because I want to spend Christmas day with my cousin and his, and his family. So I realized that I'd already bought my flights, but I was going to have to fly to Cairns and then have the flight that I booked back to Melbourne. But then from Melbourne fly straight back to Adelaide. And what I should have done was go to Perth and then fly to Adelaide and then spend a week in Adelaide and then book the fucking Cairns thing, you know? That would have been smart. So I could have had Sunday through to the following Monday. Anyway, doesn't matter. So the upshot of all of that is this weekend I flew on Friday to Perth and then Sunday morning to Adelaide, Monday morning to Cairns, and then today I woke up in Cairns after doing the show there and uh, woke up to the news. Well, I mean, we knew this a few days out, but they're having a a hurricane now or like in the next – 24 hours there's a hurricane that's going to make landfall in Cairns, and so we weren't even sure if all the flights were going to leave so today just woke up joking with um the guys in Cairns. like one of them was like the guys who live up there were just like oh you know we've got canned food and stuff if the power goes out and we've got monopoly deal and i was like oh what's monopoly deal and he was like oh don't worry man i'll teach you the rules when you when your plane gets grounded and you have to come back here <laughs> because they were saying the airport was shut from 3 pm today and no flights were all oh, the flight <sighs> oh my god oh, i'm t- I'm actually tired this is actually a tiredness yawn I'm too tired to sing too tired to sing <laughs> hey that's a pretty good man maybe that's the name of the podcast early doors let me write that down. Too tired to sing. (laughs) There's something beautiful about that, isn't it? The idea that the way you measure tiredness is if you can't sing because singing is so important to you in your life that if you can't sing, that must mean you're really tired because he loves singing, doesn't he, that Aiden? If he can't sing, golly, he must be pooped. (laughs) So yeah, I flew from Cairns today. That flight got delayed. The Melbourne one got delayed. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't that chaotic at all. But something about knowing that there's a hurricane coming just gives the whole thing the kind of flavor of an action movie, you know, of just like we're getting out of Cairns. We woke up in the morning and we didn't know if we were going to escape. I didn't know if I was going to make it out of this city or if I was going to be Back at my friend's house for like three days playing Monopoly and having a nice time. Sorry, I'm being too loud. I'm at my mum's house. Me and mum just watched a couple episodes of Welcome to Wrexham. Fuck, that show's good, man. I'm waiting for it to be too sincere and nice and to stop being good. Stop being good. Oh my god, I'm so tired. Um, it hasn't stopped being good yet. Maybe that's why I'm feeling so silly. I think it's because I'm tired. But yeah, we just watched a couple episodes of uh, Welcome to Wrexham. I know how it ends because the season comes out after the end of the football season. And I know that they went up in a thrilling um, end of the season, like second last game of the season, 4-3 win, I think, against Notts County. But I'm allowing myself to not... Oh my God. I'm allowing myself to not bring that up or mention it with mom. And I know she knows as well, but it's nice to just like not talk about it. And then I reckon once the game actually arrives in the show, we'll still get really excited about it. It's just great, man. If you haven't watched Welcome to Wrexham and you're in any way interested in football, as in soccer, as in football, you should absolutely watch it because my mom doesn't give a fuck about football and she's watching it and she's loving it and we're engaging in sport. I saved it. I say, I like, I waited to watch it until I could watch it with her. And that's nice as well, isn't it? So, um, yeah, really a lovely day to come home and spend some, spend some quality time with mother. Um, a few funny things this weekend, I'll just list them in order, I reckon. First of all, Friday. This is so sick, man. Just a real gift from the universe, this one. I was on the flight and we landed. It was direct uh, uh, Melbourne to Perth. Direct Melbourne to Perth. And um. there's an old boy sitting next to me. It's a pretty long flight. It's like three and a half, four hours. And there was an old boy, I was in seat B, so in the middle, and there was an old boy next to me in the aisle and his wife was on the other side of the aisle. And I can't even remember what it was, but like a couple things happened that just, you know, we had like very short interactions where it was just like, ah, this guy's cool. And uh, then when the plane landed you know, that jolt when the wheels hit the ground and I'm just like, I've been half asleep for the flight or like I'm reading my book or whatever and kind of keep it to myself. And then the point is I haven't really spoken to this guy other than a couple very short interactions that were, you know, made me feel that he was just a nice person. And then when the wheels hit the ground of the plane, there's that jump. I think maybe he was like a bit shook or something from that. And, uh, I think he just, was dissociating a little bit and wasn't present within his body and his hand at the moment when the wheels hit the ground jumped and went onto my knee (laughs) and it didn't like it was almost like he reached out you know for someone to just like hold and it just landed not like fully hard on my knee but just like soft so that his fingers were resting on my knee and his arm was resting on the armrest and uh i lingered there for like two three four and then i i looked down at it and he was just looking like straight ahead just kind of into the distance and so i just moved my legs slightly and then that moved his fingers and then he kind of realized looked down at my knee and quickly like oh like pulled his hand back <laughs> but it all happened so quick it was like land hat like the Plane lands, he reaches out, two, three. I move my leg, he yanks his hand back, and then we looked at each other and shared a glance. And it was just complete embarrassment from this guy. And I, like, you know, kind of slapped his shoulder a few times to be like, I started laughing. I was just like, yeah, big fella. <laughs> it felt like he thought I was his wife. And he reached out to for you know comfort because it's scary when the plane lands because it's like a big jolt and um I wasn't his wife I was a stranger (laughs) he just had his hand on my knee and like but a part of me wanted to be like you know hey man just so you know that's my knee but also totally fine (laughs) if you need (laughs) a little a little bit of support I can be that person for you but I just want like to make sure that we're clear that you know who I am and where you are you know and then fucking I'll hold your hand (laughs) while we taxi to the gate (laughs) it was really sweet I thought it was really funny another interesting thing about that story though was I told my friends the other comedians and uh I guess one of the other comedians just didn't know me that well. And also maybe I guess just from being a woman, not knowing how these stories are going to play out, I could see when I was telling the story that she thought it was going to be like that he did something fucked or that he put his hand on my knee in a fucked way. And I had to be like, oh no, 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 it was all good. It was interesting to tell the story like that and have it be seen through someone else's lens. Like that maybe if I was a woman that would have felt like menacing or whatever, I don't know. I had to be like, oh, don't worry, I'm a man, so I don't have to think about that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> I can just enjoy when an old man puts his hand on my knee and laugh at him rather than feel threatened or unsafe. <laughs> oh, man, that was fucking awesome. And then for the rest of when I, like, stood up, I was too, I was too embarrassed and he was too embarrassed. Neither of us really looked at each other. Um, I was definitely way too embarrassed. I didn't want to look in his eyes again. I was even wondering when he walked off with his wife, whether he was telling her what had happened. Was that a big moment? Did it mean as much as him for him as it did to me? Very fun. A lovely man. Um, the, uh, the thing, oh, I guess this is, yeah. Last night, um, <laughs> I was in Cairns and uh, oh I don't like using people's names but it's kind of important to the story there's a comic in Cairns named uh, Stephen Poon and he's very funny for the amount of gigs that he does he's a great joke writer and um, and I say that just to let you know that I mean I, I the person who I've I guess I, this is a story about me like bullying someone I think um, <laughs> I didn't bully him <laughs> I bullied a different guy, but maybe him as well. Basically, Poon is just a funny name, isn't it? Poon. (laughs) That's his last name. He's Korean. It's a Korean last name. It's a normal Korean last name. But um, in English, it means pussy. (laughs) And so in the car on the way over, I was emceeing the show and uh, we were laughing about like, wouldn't it be funny to uh, put his name into all the other acts like call all the other acts like whatever poon you know like david poon jones or whatever and i was like fuck it i'll do it because i guess part of you know doing comedy with your mates is like you do the show for the audience but then also when you're with your mates and you're having fun you try and figure out kind of silly immature shit to do to make them laugh and so i introduced Stephen poon on and then the second act was this other guy and I introduced him with his, I won't say his name, but with like a poon in the middle of his name. Like if his name was David Jones, I was like, I, you know, you try and do it in a way that's like you, cause you're introducing the action. You're like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, David Jones. And they're already clapping. And you just hope that if you say it loud enough and everyone's clapping and then whatever, no one notices. So I was like, welcome to the stage, David Poon Jones. But he came on and he was just like, (laughs) he was like, wait, what did he call me? (laughs) Like he completely got caught up on it. Um, And the thing is, is there was no way to explain to him. Like, I mean, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's just complete immaturity by me, but it made my friends laugh. But then the fact that, he got caught up on it. It was like, well, I'm definitely going to say it when I back announce him, but I'll do it different. So when I back announced him, I was like, ladies and gentlemen, give it up one more time. Let him hear it for David Jones Poon. (laughs) I flipped it the other way. Oh, mate. Doing comedy is so fun. It's so great. I, uh, I really had a great time last night. I really had a great time Friday, Saturday too, but they were a bit more serious, those shows, and they were better paid, and that's great, and I got to hang out with my friends as well, but last night, emceeing that show, having uh, my friend Waka headline, and then just like hanging out with him, and uh, Watto, the dude who runs the gig in Cairns, just hanging out with those guys, and Watto's girlfriend as well, and... And then doing the show and fucking around it, it was so fun. And there were some guys after the show who, um, in the halftime break, I went out to try and scope a cigarette off someone and there was a bunch of people from this hostel and uh, I got a cigarette off one of them and they were really cool. But then there was this one fucking loudmouth ass dude who was just, I, I don't know, man, he was just calling out in the show and then I guess he called out, sorry, I just burped into the mic. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there was this one loudmouth guy who called out during Walker's set, some joke about like, you know, Asians eat dogs or whatever. Just a fucking idiot. Um, says me who <laughs> introduced someone. <laughs> anyway, whatever. But I have the respect of my community. All right, so um, yeah, this fucking loudmouth. You know, he he said. Made a racist joke in Waka's set, but Waka brushed it off because who fucking cares? You know, dickheads are going to be dickheads. Um, but then after the show, he kept coming up to me and he was drunk and a loud mouth. And even in the halftime break, he was drunk and a loud mouth. And all his mates were kind of rolling their eyes like, oh, yeah, that's fucking that guy. And um, I mean, he was fine, whatever. But he was just saying how he wants to do comedy. And, uh, and then there was another guy there who had done comedy. And they were both nice enough, but they were also... It's a a thing about doing comedy, hey, that like you do it and there's a certain kind of person and it's always a guy. It's always a guy who fancies themselves a bit of a comedian as well, but they've never done it or they've done it a bit, but like, you know, they've never really... For whatever reason, maybe they just... Maybe it's not for them or maybe they're a bit scared or whatever, but they have these ideas about themselves and that they're like, yeah, I'm just like you. Oh, what was it? Okay. All right. I'll tell, tell the story. So the first guy, there was one, there was one guy who had never done it. And that was the guy who called out the racist thing. And there was another guy who had done it like a few years ago. And, um, he, I think was just a bit excited about the idea of, you know, him possibly doing it again at some point. And so that was just all he wanted to talk about. And, um, they were both fine, but I don't know. It's just like, man, stop all this fucking talk and just do it then. You know, if you're so like got all these ideas about doing comedy, I reckon just shut up and do it. And stop trying to tell everyone around you that you're going to be so great or that you can do it or whatever. And especially the guy who called out the racist thing, there was an Asian girl there who was one of the hostile crew. And she was like, hey, I actually didn't think that that thing that you said was very funny. I thought it kind of sucked. And he was like, yeah, well, that's the point. It's supposed to offend people. And I was just like, "Ah, oh, fucking, you're so boring, man. You know, like... Oh, whatever i had no i'm not talking about this why am i talking about this i had a lovely time in Cairns, and now i'm talking about some guy who made a fucking dumb joke that was the thing as well i only noticed it i didn't even notice it until someone else brought it up with me someone else was like hey did you really think that that joke was funny because he that's right because he came up to me afterwards and he was like man that joke was funny hey and i was like yeah man that was sick like i wasn't, I wasn't even listening i was just like oh a drunk guy cool you know, agree with him so he'll go away. I was like, yeah, man, that was awesome. Good on you. And then someone else came up to me and was like, you didn't actually think that was funny, did you? And I was like, well, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I wasn't even listening to him. I just wanted him to shut up. And then I started to, Other someone else told me what he had said. I was like, honestly, it didn't even register to me the thing that he said during the show because it was so just like completely unimportant and boring. Man, one of the comics that I did the show with in Perth was uh, this guy who's been doing comedy since the 80s. His name was Ian Coppinger, Irish act. Real funny. Fuck, he was one of the guys doing... So the show was 10-minute uh, MC, 10-minute act, 20-minute act, break, 10-minute act, 20-minute act. And he was doing um, the 20s on the shows. And his opening 10 minutes, especially, it was just like fucking... Bulletproof man Just like Old school Club jokes Punchlines every Fucking five seconds And it was just Relentless It's like he's got his Boot on the fucking On the neck of the crowd And he just won't Let them up Which is weird That that's how we think Of comedy isn't it Comedy's so aggressive The way that we talk About it But anyway He was amazing And I just I love meeting a guy Who's been doing comedy For 30 plus years And hearing you know his thoughts on it there were a couple uh, on the early show at the five 5 p.m show on the saturday there were more acts there were like new acts from perth doing five minute spots and they were um asking me and uh one of the other acts you know what do you think about this do you have any advice about this or that or you know what do you think about this situation and um coppinger walked in and i was like man ask this guy i was like ian what do you reckon he just asked this question da da da. because i'm like man this guy's been doing comedy for over 30 years like that's so sick i want to hear what that guy's got to say yeah it's just such a, a an incredible like a wealth of knowledge that that guy has and experience in comedy and one thing that i really noticed that he did that i guess i've shown that i didn't do last night in in not noticing this uh this heckler is we were in the green room talking about just the like irish comedy or something like that and he kind of went "Whoa, wait, wait, wait stop and then he opened the door of the green room a bit and he had heard some kind of change in the crowd and uh one of the or the act that was on stage was like having it out with an audience member who was I think she took exception to something that he had said and she was like arguing with him and they were having a real row and it was, I won't go into what was said, but like it was pretty, yeah, she was really having a bad time and uh, he ended up, the crowd were on his side and he ended up destroying her and then destroying the gig because of that, Um, because the thing that she took exception to was actually the direction that his material was going to go in anyway. So it, he was able to make it look like he was just saying all this stuff in response to her, but actually that's what all his jokes were going to be. So he fucking destroyed and everyone saw that she was having a bad time, but she was being a dick. So that was kind of funny, whatever. And me and Coppinger watched that out of the green room with the door cracked open and watched that unfold over like three or four minutes. But I just thought it was so cool. And he did it another couple of times over the weekend while other shows were happening. If anything would kind of happen, like we, he was talking to me and it wasn't that he wasn't present, he was there, but if something happened in the show that just sounded a bit odd, he, his ears would prick up and he would go over and crack the door and have a look to see what was happening in the show. And I just think that's so fucking cool, man. Because, you know, it's important, isn't it? To keep an eye on the show because that's what we're there for and if something happens, you just... Even, I mean, I think it felt like he was doing it out of a sense of kind of professional responsibility as well. But that aside, it's also just funny to watch your friend or just another comic have a difficult set and see what they do and see how they react. It's awesome. And just so cool to meet someone who's been doing it for over 30 years, who's still that into it, that they will pay that much attention to the show. Oh, just the best, man. And uh, I guess last night, in not noticing that that heckler had said that thing, I, uh, I, c- I kind of learned that I've still got a little bit of a ways to go in terms of paying attention to shows. I remember when I started, it took me ages to even realise that you should pay attention to what was going on in the room. I always, I've always had this thing where I don't like the idea that any anything outside of me could have any influence on, you know, like what happens in my life. But in like a large scale sense, like um, I don't like the idea or I've been resistant to the idea that where you grow up affects the kind of person that you're going to be. But I'm thinking I'm starting to accept that now, both like the city and the state and the country and whatever and and that that, you know, different countries – breed different mindsets and different kinds of people and different ideas and whatever of course they do and then also though when I first started comedy I think I didn't even really want to pay attention to the audience because I was like well I'm just here to say what I think without realizing that the whole point is you say what you think is funny and then you listen to the reaction and the audience tells you how to mold your idea and refine it and whatever and it took me years to even realize that I should be paying attention to the crowd (laughs) in a show (laughs) and still now I guess my um my my instrument could use a bit of fine tuning you know because that was a fucking veteran dude and um he was way more sensitive to little movements in the room than I was that was cool that was very cool Love to see that. Man, i got to give a big shout-out to... Oh, have, I got, have I said everything? I've pretty much said everything I want to say. I want to give a big, big shout-out to Bagelos in Cottesloe and Dan Muggleton for recommending Bagelos. Um, my mate Dan Muggleton has somehow made eating sandwiches a part of his brand as a comedian, which I'm so jealous of because I love a sandwich. And he just posts all the sandwiches that he has on social media and now it's like a whole thing <laughs> where he's just like, tell me what the good sandwiches are and I'll go. It's so smart what he's done because like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> anyway, he says, he says that Bagelow's in Perth is the best sandwich in Australia, which I, I really have a lot of time for any absolute claim that's as outrageous as that. <laughs> It's an absolutely outrageous claim (laughs) to just go, this is the best sandwich in Australia, end of. (laughs) And just like, it's like you're challenging people to go against you. Um, But uh, I've been meaning to next time I go back to Perth, I was like, I've got to go get a sandwich from this Bagelow's place. And I went there on Saturday. I made a pilgrimage and you know what? It was damn good. It was actually fantastic. I was a bit sceptical. Sandwiches, I was like, I don't know. Uh, Sorry, bagels. Like, I love a sandwich, but a bagel, it's not really, you know, but I had a Cubano, which was the the pork, and it was so sick, man. And just the vibe in there. They had their own shirts, the merch. They were having a one-year anniversary. I just loved it, man. Hard recommend on that. What's going to be the photo for this week? Do I have any silly photos here? I have... Maybe the book that I'm reading, How to Tell a Joke. No, that's not a good photo. Nah, it's just going to be a photo of the beach. On Saturday, I also went to Cottesloe Beach in Perth. And I took a nice photo of the beach, probably to send someone. That'll be the photo for this week. And I think the title of the podcast is going to be Too Tired to Sing. Because they feel pretty tired, man. Oh, this was the st- another story that I had. Fuck yeah! I don't know that I've I've been able to relax today. Really, have I? This has all been quite frenetic. Um, I did my first solo full day tour on Tuesday last week, and it went very well. Thank you very much. And that's one out of the five now. Once I do five, I'm going to classify myself as fully trained and that goal that I set for myself is going to be completely signed off. And then I'll start working on my next goal, which is to pay off my $10,000 loan. Also, um, oh, what I I've been working on piano. I've been playing piano. I've been learning this Bach piece, this two-part inventions in D minor and really enjoying that. I put the hands together that's great i don't know why i wanted to tell. last week i just i was like i didn't talk about piano i should talk about piano so that's why i've just told you that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't need to tell you that it wasn't really that interesting actually <laughs> i uh, i on the plane today i kind of figured out a little extra thing for the show about how the tension in the e-flat major nocturne comes from these diminished chords And specifically in the diminished chord, the B natural in the B diminished chord is the note that's outside of the key of E flat. And so that's where the dissonance really comes from. And um, I realized today that that B natural is also the note that's in the A minor chord, which is kind of in the middle section. And it just ties those two ideas of tension and like the attempt to resolve the tension by embracing the source of the tension. Do you understand? Like the A minor chord is kind of the chord in the progression of the second section that allows the piece to go somewhere else and and kind of push towards a resolution. And uh, I think there's an idea in there about how the way to resolve tension is not by trying to ignore it but to embrace the source of the tension and accept it and on a deeper level to when there's tension in yourself to not try and push that away, but to embrace it and accept that that's there and try and love it. Even try and love that. Be natural that made you feel so uncomfortable at the start of the piece. I was just thinking about that on the plane today. Um, Once I get fully trained up or once I, once I kind of tick myself off as being a fully trained tour guide, the next goal is to pay off that $10,000 debt and a part of that is I'm going to sit down sometime before the end of the year and make myself a little financial plan. I did that last year when I was planning to move to the UK and I didn't fully stick to it. It kind of half worked, half didn't work but I think with a little, like I doing that once gave me a good foundation and now to try and do it again will, you know... I can be a bit more diligent even with taking note of how much I spend and on what and whatever. And, um, yeah, really get this fucking debt paid off, man. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited to do that. I think I can do it. Ten grand by the end of July, basically by the time I leave for Edinburgh. Um, If I can give myself, put myself in a position where I at least have enough money to like I was thinking even if I have enough money to clear the loan but then I'll go back and get another loan but at a lower rate because I will need money for the second half of the year because I'm going to be starting advertising campaigns for the tour and the new show and all this kind of stuff but like at least if I can save up enough money so that I can pay the loan off and then I can get a new loan at a lower interest rate and then as I invest money into the tour for the future with the idea that that money's going to come back at the end of the tour i can also be paying that off with my job so by the time i get to the end of the tour i'm at zero and then any money that i make from the tour in 2025 is just fucking you know that's that's like puts me in the plus so hopefully by the end of all touring kind of july 2025 i'll have a sick chunk of cash maybe i'll have like 20 grand Anyway, that's long-term thinking, but here's a story. Tuesday, I did this solo tour, and uh, there were a group of old ladies, like maybe 70 or something, who sat behind me, and at the start of the day, it felt like they were really on my case, you know, they were like, we're watching you, like I was like, oh, you guys, what would I say? I can't remember, I said something, and they were just like, no, we're watching you, and I was like, oh, fuck these ladies is going to be on my ass all day watching my every move because there was one moment when I was driving through the city when I kind of hesitated on you know with the bus and they were like are you okay and I think they were just like making sure that I knew what I was doing behind the wheel and that kind of thing which was scary because it was my first solo tour and they didn't know that and I did feel like I was under a bit of pressure but a couple hours into the tour they I think they just kind of figured out or decided that I was all right and they liked me. And so then for the rest of the tour, they kept like everything that happened on the road. Like when someone would overtake the bus or, or, um, you know, like, I don't know, just any stuff that happened out the front window, they were just crowing away. They were like, oh, wait, and that was a bit fast, wasn't it? Oh, that's no, that's no good. (laughs) And, um. They were asking me questions and they were like, you, you just, you really know your stuff, don't you, Aiden? How long have you been doing this? And I lied. I was like, oh, three months. And they were like, wow, you, you really know your stuff. I was like, fuck yeah, man. I know my stuff. It felt good because I feel like I don't know my stuff at all. And, um, did the tour, did the day, saw a koala, managed to do that, which was awesome got them all back, dropped them all off. But it, like, as we were getting back, they started to get more, you know, like familiar or whatever. And then at one point towards the end of the day, one of them goes, oh, my seatbelt's a bit broken. Can you help? when we to sit back down. And I went up, I was like, what's going on? She's like, oh, it doesn't go into the thing. And I had to like reach over her and just like push it into the seatbelt thing. And she, they were all like, oh, <laughs> And then she was like, oh, what? If, I hope I can get it out now. And I was like, oh, yeah, hope it's not stuck. And she goes, well, if it is, you'll just have to take me home, won't you? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I just, it made me feel embarrassed, which I think was absolutely what they were trying to do, you know. Um, but it was funny. It was nice. Nice to have some banter with some old ladies on the tour. The whole time I was just like, man... I wish girls my age would talk to me like this. (laughs) But, like, if there was a girl my age whose seatbelt didn't work, first of all, she would never be like, Aiden, can you come and help me? She'd just get the person next to her to do it or someone else, you know, but because these guys were just like, let's make the young man feel uncomfortable and kind of, you know, like give him a bit of stick. I think that was their MO. But if a girl my age did go, oh, and I need some help. I'd be so like more, you know, rigid and kind of nervous about it. I'd be like, thank you very much. Let me just it just would be so uncomfortable. You know? Either, either I wish that a girl my age would talk to me like that, or I wish no, I'm not gonna (laughs) Nah. Nah, I'm not gonna say it. It's too rude. It's too rude. It's naughty. I'm not saying it. Look, I think that's the end of the podcast, man. Um, What can I say to summarize everything? I'm in Adelaide. I'm here for the weekend. I'm seeing my grandparents this weekend. I'm seeing some friends. I'm playing some piano at mum's house. I'm relaxing. I'm relaxing. I want to watch Welcome to Wrexham season two, the whole season with mum this week, which I'm excited to do. Tomorrow, I actually have fuck all on. All I'm doing is dinner with my grandparents and my brother. Other than that, do you know what? I might actually head into town. I might go and have a sandwich somewhere. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to go somewhere and have a sandwich. Fuck yeah. All right. That's the podcast, you guys. Love you. Miss you. And I'll talk to you next week. This has been Aidan Jones sitting under a tree. Bye-bye.